In this class, we're going to discuss an introduction to what's called Malachi Shabbos, an introduction to the forbidden works that are forbidden for a Jew to do on Shabbos. There's a lot of misconception about what the definition of a Malachi is, what the definition of work is, and we'll try to give an introduction before we get into the actual forbidden prohibitions on Shabbos to give a general introduction that people should be aware of what Shabbos is actually all about. Our Chazal, our sages tell us that Shabbos is what's called Yesod Amuna, the foundation of Jewish belief. Why is Shabbos the foundation of Jewish belief? Because Shabbos basically is a testimony that we are testifying that Hashem created the world in six days and rested on the seventh. The fact that Hashem created the world in six days, rested in the seventh, and that's what we're keeping Shabbos about, that testifies and we submit and we agree and understand and believe the fact that Hashem was the one that created the world. And therefore, the Gemara tells us that a person who publicly, openly desecrates Shabbos, and we'll explain that what that means in a few minutes, a person that openly desecrates Shabbos has a din like a guy. His shechita, if he shechts meat, is not good. You cannot counter for a minion. You cannot give him an aliyah. You cannot call him to the Torah. You cannot, if he touches your wine, that's not mavushal, that's not cooked. It's like a guy touches the wine. Why is that? Because Shabbos is so severe. Shabbos is so strict. Shabbos is the foundation of Jewish belief. And therefore, a person who openly and publicly desecrates Shabbos and doesn't care about the fact that they're desecrating Shabbos, that puts them in a scenario that, that they're actually considered halachically as a non-Jew. In today's world, that rarely exists. Even though you find a lot of people that don't keep Shabbos, they desecrate Shabbos, but they don't have a din of a mechalo Shabbos, of one who publicly desecrates Shabbos. The definition of Allah of one who publicly desecrates Shabbos is one that understands what Shabbos is all about, knows what Shabbos is all about, feels what Shabbos is all about, and learned everything about Shabbos, and yet he openly and publicly desecrates Shabbos in front of ten people that he just doesn't care about it. There's a concept in Halacha called Tinik Shenishba. Tinik Shenishba means a child who was captured and kidnapped by non-Jews as a child, and he was raised as a non-Jew. He was raised as a guy. As we find historically, the Cantonists, the Russian army used to kidnap Jewish kids, send them away, raise them like Goyim, and these children grew up knowing nothing. That is not a person who is a Mechalo Shabbos. The Gemara says a Tinik Shanishba, a child that was captured and raised as a guy, meaning they never had a Jewish education. They never learned and understood the severity of the, and the sanctity of Shabbos. That gives them a scenario as if they wouldn't be, not, it doesn't give them a scenario of Mechal Shabbos, it gives them what's called Tinik Shanishba. Halachically, Tinik Shanishba does not have a din of a guy, and therefore he could be counted in a minion, you could give him an aliyah, if he touches your wine, it's not considered treif. These are all the conditions that apply really in today's world. When it comes to the actual malachis on Shabbos, doing work on Shabbos, what is the punishment? Because Shabbos is so severe. What are the punishments if somebody openly desecrates Shabbos? 
So our sages tell us as follows. If somebody openly, publicly desecrates Shabbos, intentionally, and was warned by two kosher witnesses, immediately prior to the act of the desecration of Shabbos, that person gets what's called skila. They get stoned. If somebody desecrated Shabbos intentionally, they knew it was Shabbos, they didn't care about Shabbos, they desecrated it anyway, the punishment is kodes, which means that Hashem makes the person die younger than the normal age that they would be dying at, and they would therefore be punishable by death, but it's not that the courts kill you like the first one when you were warned, it's that Hashem makes you die earlier. Then the third category is what's called shaygeg, which in English is translated as accidental. But halacha shaygeg doesn't mean accidental. What it means is you know exactly what you're doing, but you think you're allowed to do it. For instance, if somebody forgot it was Shabbos, they thought it was Friday, and they turned on the light, or they wrote something, they knew what they were doing, they knew they're writing, they know they're turning on the light, but they forgot it's Shabbos. That is called shaygig. Another case of shaygig would be if a person knew it was Shabbos, <coughs> excuse me, they knew it was Shabbos, but they didn't know that you're not allowed to turn on a light on Shabbos. They didn't know you're not allowed to write on Shabbos. So again, they knew what they were doing, but they thought their act is permissible either because they forgot it Shabbos or they didn't know they're not allowed to do it. Halacha says another case which should also be considered accidental. If you ask the question to a Rav, am I allowed to do this on Shabbos? And the Rav said, yes, you are allowed to do this on Shabbos. And the Rav made a mistake and the Rav was wrong and you weren't allowed to do this on Shabbos. That is also called Shagig accidental. What is the punishment for Shagig? In the time of the Beis Amikdash, they had to bring a sin offering, a Korban Chatos. So once again, if somebody desecrated Shabbos intentionally and they were warned by two witnesses, they get capital punishment by the court, they get stoning. If somebody did it intentionally, but there were no witnesses, nobody saw, Hashem takes care of it. If it was done accidental, meaning you know what you're doing, but you thought what you're doing is allowed, so then the, the punishment would be a carbon chatos, a sin offering. What happens in a case where a person didn't know what he was doing? For instance, a person was leaning on the wall, and by mistake they turned on the light. They didn't want to do it, they didn't know they were doing it. That is not shagig. That in, in halacha terms is called misasik, meaning they didn't know what they were doing. Or if somebody walks in the street and by mistake they step on a bug or an ant or whatever, they didn't know what they were doing, that's not called shagig. That doesn't need a forgiveness because you didn't know what you were doing. Shagig is when you know what you're doing but you thought you're allowed to do it. So this is the brief introduction about Shabbos as far as the malacha of Shabbos and the severity of Shabbos. What is the concept of malacha and Shabbos? Malacha and Shabbos means it's forbidden to do various work on Shabbos. Now again, malacha in English is translated as work. 
And Shabbos is forbidden to do work. But the question is, what is work? For instance, if somebody schleps and drags a big table all around the house on Shabbos, they are really not desecrating Shabbos in any way. They might not be resting on Shabbos. There's a mitzvah that's called Tishbeis, that you need to rest on Shabbos, and the person's not resting, but they're not transgressing any of the 39 of his malachas, meaning the 39 major types of work which are, which are forbidden on Shabbos. So the question is, flicking a switch can get me killed, and schlepping a big table all over the house, back and forth the whole day, doesn't do anything. What is this concept of malacha? Or if somebody says, for me, I enjoy driving to the beach on Shabbos. So for me, driving is not work, it's pleasure. And why is that allow, not allowed? And other things which I would consider work is allowed. So the explanation is as follows. The whole concept of Shabbos, as we mentioned before, is because Hashem created the world in six days and rested on the seventh. Our Chazal tell us, Hashem did not create the world with effort, a lot of hard work. Hashem said, and it became. Hashem said, Yehi or let there be light, and light became. Hashem said, let there be a heaven, and the heaven became. Hashem said, let there be animals, animals became. Let us make man, and man became. Hashem didn't create with work. Hashem said, and it became. So therefore, the whole concept of Shabbos is not that Hashem worked six days and rested on the seventh. Rather, Hashem created six days. He created for six days, and He stopped creating on Shabbos. It wasn't that Hashem became tired and He needed a day of rest to lay in bed. Chas v'shalom to say that. Hashem created six days and stopped creating on Shabbos. Therefore, our sages tell us, what is considered creativity is forbidden on Shabbos. If it's not called creativity, it's not forbidden on Shabbos. Our sages derive from Psukim and Chumash from the fact that when Moshe Rabbeinu came down from Har Sinai the second time, or the last time when he came down with the second Luchas. It says, Meshach Rabbeinu gathered all the Jews together to tell them about the construction of the Mishkan, the tabernacles for Hashem in the desert. Before that, the introductory posik of that telling them how to construct the Mishkan, Meshach Rabbeinu said to them, you have to keep Shabbos. And therefore, Chazal, our sages tell us, that what is the definition of creativity on Shabbos? Those things that were done in the process of the Mishkan, whether in the construction of the Mishkan, the functioning of the Mishkan, things that were done in the Mishkan is considered creativity. If it wasn't done in the Mishkan, it's not considered creativity. And therefore, Hashem says, when I created six days, what is the definition of creation? Those things done in the Mishkan. If they weren't done in the Mishkan, it's not called creativity. Chassidus explains why is the barometer, if it was done in the Mishkan or not, what difference does it make if it was done in the Mishkan? But we know our sages tell us the purpose why Hashem created the world 
was to have a dira betachtainim, to have a dwelling place down here in a low physical world. The reason why Hashem created the world was He created a physical world and He tells the Jew, I'm giving you mitzvahs because I want you to make this physical world holy. I want you to make this physical world a dwelling place where I can rest, where I can be living. Because where Hashem is able to reveal Himself, that is where Hashem could be as He wants to be, just like a person at home acts the way they really are, the way they want to be. In the street, we have to act accordingly. That's not called home. When I'm not home, I have to dress accordingly, speak accordingly, eat accordingly. When I'm home, in my own home, I do what I want. Because Hashem wants to be revealed, when we take the world, the physical world, and make the physical world holy, we actually create a dwelling place for Hashem. Where was God's home in the physical world? That was the tabernacles, the Mishkan. So the whole purpose of creation, which was to have this dira betachtainim, this dwelling place down here in this physical world, was actually accomplished through the Mishkan. So therefore, the real creativity of the world was for the sake of the Mishkan. Therefore, Hashem says, when a Jew creates during the week, that means you do the things done in the Mishkan. You stop creating on Shabbos like I did. You stop doing those things <clears throat> that were done in the Mishkan. And therefore, Chassidus explains a very interesting concept. It's self-understood, as Chassidus uses the expression, <clears throat> the primary function of God is not that He creates the worlds. Hashem created the worlds only with mi minimal speech. Hashem said and it happened. That's not the essence of God. So during the week, when Hashem is creating, Hashem says, I want you to connect yourself to me. I want you to copy me. <clears throat> I want you to emulate me. If I'm creating in the six days of the week, I want you to create. But then we're connecting ourselves to the limited level of Hashem, which is creating world. When it comes Shabbos, Hashem says, you know what? I'm ascending levels from creation. <clears throat> I am becoming the essence of Hashem, not the way I am acting in relationship with the world as creator. I'm becoming myself. And therefore, when a Jew on Shabbos stops creating, we associate ourselves with that level of God, which is infinite, which is above creation. And this is the actual essence of the whole concept of Malacha and Shabbos. Things that are forbidden to do on Shabbos has nothing to do with work. Many, many people ask the question, why can't I do this? It's enjoyable. Why can't I do this? And the country, going to show may not be so comfortable. I'd rather sit, going to drive and go to the beach. It has nothing to do with work. It has to do with creativity. Hashem created six days. We create six days. Hashem stops creating on Shabbos. We stop creating on Shabbos. It has nothing to do with work. And Hashem tells us the definition of creativity is what was done in the Mishkan. If it wasn't done in the Mishkan, then it's not called creativity. And this is also why we find in the halacha of Shabbos, the Chazal tell us there are 39 primary works 
which are forbidden on Shabbos, that are biblically forbidden. And as we mentioned before, if they're biblically forbidden, the punishment, again, if you're warned with witnesses and you did it intentionally, you get stoned. If you did it intentionally and you weren't warned, you get karis, Hashem makes you die young, earlier. And if it was accidental, you have to bring a carbon chatos. But there, these are the biblical malachis, which are done on Shabbos. Some total of them is 39. If somebody did any of those 39 malachis on Shabbos, they would get the capital punishment because it's biblically forbidden. In the next class, we will discuss the rabbinic prohibitions, what's rabbinically forbidden, why the rabbis made those rabbinic prohibitions, and then we'll see a total understanding of what the general concept of Malachas of Shabbos are.